we're continuing in this, this series that we're on, and I don't know if, if this type of thing motivates you, if you go shopping for this reason, but have you ever been that person that bought something at a garage sale for like a dollar, and it turns out to be worth like $10? Have you ever done that before? It's like 10 times, okay, how about some bigger ones? How about this one? I came across this this week. This was a mirror that was purchased for $2 at a thrift store. They took it to the antique road show, had it appraised, and this mirror was um, appraised at $25,000. Yeah, don't break that one, all right? Set that one aside. Here's another one, this uh, velvet underground um, vinyl record. Don't throw the vinyls away, people. You never know what they're worth. This one was purchased for 75 cents at a garage sale. It wasn't just valued. It was sold for $25,000. A piece of vinyl. I know, right? Okay, here's, an, here's another one. I like this one. This is a West Point um, jacket, a West Point sweater. We have had several West Point graduates come through Crestview, attend Crestview before. I don't know if any of them have ever had a West Point um, jacket or sweater like this. This one was purchased for 58 cents at a thrift store. The couple that bought it took it home, and they opened it up, and they realized that on the inside there was a little tag, and on that tag was written the name Lombardi. Yeah, I know, right? They did a little bit of research and they found out and this sweater is now valued at $43,000. I like this one as well. If you like history, a copy of the Declaration of Independence was purchased for $2.48 at a garage sale along with a couple salt and pepper shakers. I don't know how much the salt and pepper shakers are worth, um, but this, they thought, was just one of the mass-produced copies of the Declaration of Independence and they were wrong. It was one of the original copies it actually sold for $477,000, almost half a million dollars. Here's my favorite. I love this one. I know, just one more. I got one more. I love this one. This is a ceramic bowl. It was purchased for $3 at a garage sale. The family that bought it ate popcorn out of it for the next six years. Okay, I don't know what they did with it, but um, for six years they had this bowl and they were using it. And in 2013, they had it looked into... And they found out that it originated from China's Northern Song Dynasty. They sold it for $2.2 million. <laughs> Be careful what you eat popcorn out of, right? That's the lesson. Okay, here's, here's where I'm going with this. I want you to catch this. I want you to remember this today. When you walk out of here, let this be on you. And it, it can't just be in your ears. It's got to be settling on your heart. This is something that has to cut you deep on this. Remember this today. Just because someone isn't aware of something's worth doesn't make it worthless. Yeah, don't just hear it. Let that settle with you for just a minute. Just because someone isn't aware of something's worth, it doesn't make that thing or that person worthless. Now, I believe we've all been there. I know, good days, bad days, we have all been to this point where you feel at some level a little bit worthless. I'm doing a little remodel in my bathroom right now, an hour's worth of work on a special thing, and my contractor comes over later and says, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to redo that, uh, right? I've, there's a time where I feel at some level worthless in certain areas of my life. I'm like, I should have just left it and let you do it to begin with, right? So we all have struggled through a time period in our life, and I think it's because the world, the world uses things and values that give us worth that might not be the best values to judge our worthiness from. Whether that be age or race, 
or gender or physical appearance or profession or possessions or income or intelligence or athletic ability or accomplishments or character traits or the ability to make someone laugh. And too often, I believe this as well, the world does that to us, we do it to ourselves, but then we as Christians also jump on this bandwagon, and even as Christians, we follow suit, and we can make someone else feel worthy or less worthy based on the same things that the world looks at. And that's not right for us to be able to do. And what happens over time then is at some point, we fall short in one of those criterias. And when we fall short in one of those criterias, we start to question, what am I really worth? Am I really worth anything? What is my worth? And questions about self-worth usually follow a decrease in some of these criteria in some of these areas, right? We, something changes, something happens, and we're not the way we used to be in one of those areas. And it starts to land on us and our hearts, and we question that. It can happen naturally with age. We just get older, and I can tell as I get older, I'm not the same as I used to be. Therefore, in certain areas that I used to feel worth from, I'm not worthy the way I used to be in that certain area. But maybe it's not a natural process. Maybe for you, it happened suddenly. It was all of a sudden, and it usually comes from someone when this happens, Someone, oftentimes, it has some influence or authority in your life. It, it could be an employer. It could be a spouse. could be a parent. could be a friend. Where someone comes along and says something to you or about you, and you get the feeling that you're just not wanted anymore. You just, they don't want you anymore. And maybe this has happened to you, and you started to feel less worthy because of it. Let let me play this out. Let me just stretch this out a little bit. Let's play this process through. How would it make you feel if this individual, someone that had influence or authority in your life, an employer, a friend, a spouse, a parent, came to you and started to say things about you that just weren't true? And they started to spread these lies about you to friends, people within your own shared circle of friends or even outside of your circle of friends. I think I know what would happen to your heart. What would happen to you? What you would want to do? Because it's happened to the best of us before. One, I think this would happen. You would, you would wrestle with, for many months, this wouldn't take just a couple days. This would be months worth of wrestling with anger and bitterness. Am I right? You, you would hold on to this, and you would want to take vengeance into your own hands. If I could get back at them, if I could say something, if I could do something, this is what I would say, this is what I, and you would wrestle with these thoughts. Whether you ever did anything with them or not, it would take months to get over. But more significantly, and more importantly, that we need to look at, I think you would be faced with a temptation to believe the things that were said about you. You would be faced with the temptation to believe the lies, and you would measure your own worth by a standard of someone else's malicious judgment of your character or the misunderstanding of your actions. And you'd have to battle that and say, I, that may not, that's not true and I, I, I can't believe that. You would also do this. This would be part of it. You would have a hard time believing the competing and truthful voices of friends, of family, of colleagues, of even scripture that go against the lies that have been said about your character or the misunderstanding of your actions. 
all of those voices assuring that lies were simply that. Lies. That's not where you get your value from. You see, the gospel gives us a completely different, a radically different criteria for judging our worth. And we have to look at that. In Christian theology, we can go back to the source and we can find um, the foundation of our worth from the very beginning. I say that often here, and I think we need to remember this. If ever you're ever struggling in life, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, okay? I think that's so important, and you've got to see that bigger picture. So if you're working through this, if this is something that's hitting you, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, you have to read it. You have to understand this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Every, every human being, no matter their gender, their race, their age, their physical appearance, their profession, their possessions, their income, their intelligence, their athletic ability, their accomplishments, their character traits, their ability to make others laugh. Everyone has been created in the image of God, and that is where we get the foundation for our value. I'll even take it this far. Even if They squander every gift that is given them and they devote themselves to the worst imaginable behavior in the course of a life. That person is still created in the image of God and has worth because of that creation. Now, the the reality of our creation in God needs to be um, the important foundation of where we find our self-worth. So when you ask the question, what am I worth? The answer is... A lot. You are worth a lot. Just because someone isn't aware of something's value doesn't make it worthless. And just because someone may have said something about you or to you and they don't understand you doesn't change who you are and how God made you. Now, Christians, this doctrine, we need, to, we need to understand this. It prompts us to discover a value. The value of the length that God went to to teach us this, to show us how, value, how valuable we are to rescue us from sin and from death and from hell. I, I love it. The truth that sometimes you can see in songs, you can hear in the songs that we sing. And this song, O Holy Night, classic Christmas song, is filled with so much theological richness, uh, truth that we need to hear over and over. We didn't sing it this morning, but the band did play through it. And I wonder if you were singing the words as they played. Here's the first verse of this. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared. And when he appeared, guess what happens? That's when we can feel our true worth. When God appears, when God appeared in the flesh through this baby Jesus, we can find our worth. Now, this song, it it reminds us of the first Christmas night. It was holy. It was set apart. It was special. It was different than any other night in the history, still is, in the history of mankind. It is a special night for us to remember. And this worth that was discovered, that was felt, is the incarnation of God. God becoming one of us to say to us, I am here for you. I care about you. And when someone says that to you, when they go out of their way to give something to you, you feel worthy. And he is showing us our worth by coming to us. 
Let's look at a story. Um, Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to find Luke chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book in the New Testament. If you have your phones, get your phones out. Um, Look at this. Luke does an amazing job of writing and telling us this story. So we're going to see someone in this story that found their worth by what God has done for them. Luke 1, starting in verse 26. And Luke, he's a doctor. Um, He's pretty good at details. So he is always writing out some of the details, not just physical details as well, but also emotionally. How are people feeling? But he went to some specifics here. In the sixth month, an angel, even named the angel, his name was Gabriel, came from God to the city in a place called Galilee. The city was a town called Nazareth. He was being very specific. He came to this young girl. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. They weren't married yet, but they had made the agreement already, which in a sense said that they were. They made the commitment, although they hadn't gone through the ceremony and they hadn't um, done anything physically yet. So their marriage wasn't complete, although they were on their road to that. And her name was Mary. This angel had an announcement for Mary. He was telling her something. And when we hear this story, we miss some of the underlining lessons that I think go along with this story. We often think, oh, Mary, how awesome this might have been for her. It was like winning a game show. It was like winning a contest on TV. She is the winner. God chose her to be the mother of Jesus. This should be the most awesome news that she has ever heard. Except to her, at first glance, when she heard this news, it was not. She was not very excited about this. You see, the purity of Mary is what gave her worth. That's how she felt worthy. To be pregnant out of wedlock would have, would have meant uh, banishment from her community, from her friends, possibly her family. Her, her soon-to-be husband wanted to divorce her. Everyone else wanted to stone her. She knew that when this news got out, because she knows that everyone knows how babies are made, right? And she can't be pregnant, and her soon-to-be husband knows it's not him. This cannot be good news for this young girl, she would be considered by everyone else worthless. What kind of a feeling goes through the heart of a teenage girl that feels worthless? This guy, um, David Bach, he's a scholar, a biblical scholar. He wrote it this way. He said, in ancient culture, virginity was an honored state, a badge of self-control and moral faithfulness. Mary would appear to many to have conceived a child out of wedlock. Her explanation of a divine conception would be hard to swallow. Yeah, it would. (laughs) Still is today. Uh, That's why we call it faith. We have faith that this really happened. It's not something that everyone jumped on and said, wow, that's awesome. Good for you. You should be honored. You're, you're, You're blessed. And no one did that. Even Mary had a hard time accepting it. Look at verse 29 in Luke 1. She was greatly troubled at the saying. Well, of course she was. Why wouldn't she be? This would be a tough one to swallow. She tried to discern what this sort of greeting might be. Get it this way. Luke is just writing the details. He he wasn't like there during that time period between Mary and um, the angel. So he's writing what had been told to him. I believe that it was probably more of a conversation between Mary and Gabriel where she was questioning him. How did this happen? 
No, you, I need more than that. What is this going to be like? You're going to have to give me more details. I want to understand what's going on. And back and forth they went, but here was his bottom line answer. Gabriel said to Mary, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is going to do something in you that's amazing, more than what you can do on your own. He is going to bless you, and you're going to give birth to a son, and you're going to name him Jesus, and he's going to be awesome. He's going to change the world. God's going to change the world through you. And she was struggling to see this value. She was struggling to understand what this truly meant until it was explained just a little bit more about how valuable something can be, even if we don't understand the complete value of it. Here's a thought. Let me, let me try it this way, maybe. Um, here in my pocket, I have a $20 bill. Just a $20 bill. We all know what this is. You see the 20 in the corners, and everybody knows that this one piece of paper is worth what? $20, right? It's worth $20. And if I offered it to you, most of you would say, you know, if I said, here, do you want this? Most of you would say, sure, I'll take that. Who would want $20 right now, right? Every, yeah, you'd want that. But what if I did this? And I crumpled it up. And I said, you know, look, look at it now. Who would want this now? It looks like a piece of trash. Who would want $20? What, why? why? Why would you want this piece of trash that I wadded up? Because it's still worth $20. What if I said, you worthless piece of paper, <laughs> you're no good. How many would want it now? All of you, right? Because why? It's still worth $20. Now, just because something isn't aware of something's value doesn't make it worthless. It's still worth $20. I don't believe that people were walking around with Mary excited for her. Oh, we're so excited. You're pregnant. This is so cool. Congratulations, Mary Joseph. You're going to have a baby. And when's your baby due? I don't think they were asking the typical questions that you ask somebody that's pregnant. I don't think somebody was asking her, do, what do you think? Do you think it's a boy? Do you think it's a girl? Of course, at that time, they couldn't tell. They didn't have the testing. But if she asked, got asked the question, she would be able to answer it. I know it's going to be a boy. Um, that's all I know about this. But there was not that going on. And as much as people made Mary feel worthless, God was living inside of her. And that made her worthy. And when God is living inside of you, you have worth. So much. Mary believed this so much that she did this. She wrote a song. Now, when I feel um, worthy, I'm not a songwriter, so I don't do this either. But Mary wrote a song. It's, it's often called the Magnificat. It starts in verse 46 of Luke 1. It's still in the same chapter. She, imagine her singing this. This is her singing the song. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's not an arrogant statement, because look what follows. For he, God, who is mighty, has done great things for me, and holy is his name. When he appeared, when God appeared in her, her soul began to feel worthy. And she showed that in worship and in gratitude. Not just empty words, 
not just encouraging words, not just an acute poem or a song, but her soul. It goes down to her soul beginning to feel worthy. And soul is so much deeper. The soul is the only thing that lives forever. Our possessions, our bodies, our stuff isn't going to make it. My life might be worthy compared to. My body might be worthy at times throughout my life. My accomplishments might show some worth in this life. But so what? It's your soul that matters. When your soul feels worth, that is so much more. And please don't cheapen the loving offer of God's son to you by allowing the world's criteria to sneak back into your life. You see, God has loved us and rescued us and has made us who we are, not based on um, accomplishments or a grade that we get in terms of gender or age or race or physical appearance or profession or possessions or income or intelligence or athletic ability or accomplishments or character traits or the ability to make someone laugh. Scripture is so on point with this. It's unmistakable. Romans chapter 5, verse 7, it says it this way. One will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps a good person, one might even dare to die. But God shows his love in this. While we were worthless, while we were in our sin, Christ came and said, you are not worthless because I care for you so much that I'm going to die for you. And God's love for us and our saving, and sorry, his saving work on our behalf is not a product of our worth. Our worth is a product of his love and saving grace for us. We have to get those in the right order to understand it. And it's obvious that the motivation for the light coming into a dark world, it's obvious that the motivation for Jesus coming into our world is not our own lovability because there's times we're not very lovable. It's not our promise of being good. Oh, Jesus, I promise I'll do better. I'm going to stop that sin. I'm going to do better. The motivation is all on Jesus. And it's his love and mercy that comes to us. It's all about him and what he has done. And when you identify yourself with Jesus, you are made alive then with him. And when he is living in you, it is his love and mercy which changes us. And it leads us to a real hope It leads us to true value in who we are and what we have in life. When that happens, when we accept that and believe that, then there's a mission. There's something that changes for us in this. And I think it's best in the second verse of this song, O Holy Night. We often forget the other verses of songs, right? Here, let me read it to you. The second verse, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for his slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. His love becomes our love for someone else. His mercy becomes the mercy that we need to share then with someone else who doesn't seem to be worthy compared to the values of the world. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love it. Look at the story again. God gave Mary a mission. I love it. When when I give my kids, when we talk to our kids and we give them something to do, a project or 
a thing to do that's beyond what they think they can do. And we say, here you go. We, we believe in you. We trust in you. Go do this. You think I can do that? When we believe in each other this way, to give a mission to somebody else, to trust them with something. And God has done this. He did this with Mary. Talk about feeling worthy. Mary, I believe in you. I believe that you can be the mother of my son. That's God saying that to her. Talk about feeling worth. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Verse 31. And you will call him Jesus. And this Jesus, he's going to do some amazing things. His kingdom will be on this earth, but his kingdom really will never end. And he gives her a mission bigger than herself and then promises to give her what she needs to make it possible. And God takes Mary out of her story and puts her into his story. And she is now a part of history because she is a part of the story of God. The Holy Spirit, he says, verse 35, will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You know, it's the same promise that he's made to you. It's the same promise that he made to you. That you will have the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Yeah, I get it, right? We all have this intrinsic value. You are worth something. Just like that $20 bill. It's always going to be worth $20. 20 years ago, it was worth $20. 20 years from now, it's going to be worth $20. Here's the difference, though. We also have this potential value. What is $20 really worth? It's different. It changes, right? So what are you really worth in that? Just like Mary, I believe that God wants to use you to change the world. He really does. He wants you. And he's saying to you, you are worthy, and through you, I am going to change the world. Well, as the band makes her way back up, and we continue this morning, here's, here's my challenge to you. A couple things. One, there's someone you know. I know it. There's someone you know that doesn't feel worthy. Someone has said something about them. Someone has done something to them. And they're walking through those long months of trying to figure out what am I going to do? How am I going to get revenge? How am I going to take vengeance? There's someone that you know that's walking through a time where they don't feel worthy right now. And God has given you a mission and he's given you the power of the Holy Spirit to come around them to encourage them. He wants you to feel worth by helping you spread his worthiness to someone else. Who needs to hear that in your life? Who do you need to go to and encourage and show them that they are worthy because of what God has done in them? But maybe that's you. Maybe you walked in here this morning. You don't, you don't, you don't feel worthy. If that's you, don't believe it. You are worthy because of what God has done in you. And he wants you to know. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to encourage you. And not just some empty words from a pastor, but someone that understands that you are worthy and believes it.
you would, let's stand together. Let's sing about how God has rescued us as we prepare for a time of remembering him. Mm-hmm.